Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Well, hi everybody. It's good to be in the room with you. It's good to be online in uh, uh, each of your locations and looking forward to this time together today. I just want to point to next week just for a moment for Tamworth. And next week we have Pastor Jack Haynes with us. And if you don't know Pastor Jack, he opened, he spoke at the opening of this building and he is one of Australia's best preachers. And his daughter happened to marry one of our guys uh, here, which occasionally turns into a blessing for us. And so he will be with us, he and Carol will both be with us next week. And so I encourage you to just make full use of that. Uh, He'll come ready to preach and uh, be a great blessing to you. And if you've got friends, be a great opportunity to invite um, uh, in the coming weeks. Christmas Eve is coming up. I'm sure Bron's going to talk about it. But Christmas Eve is a great time for us to gather as a church. And by then we'll be mask-free. Thank God. Who's looking forward to mask-free? Yes, we are. We are. We are. So Bron's getting together my iPad, which um, locked down. All right. Thank you. Let's get into this. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. And I just pray, God, today you'd use this, these words to help people, Lord, in everywhere we're gathered. And we thank you for every single person. We thank you for their life. We thank you that you are for them, that you love them deeply, Lord, each and every one of us. And God, I just pray you'd use this for good today. It'd be effective in people's lives, that they'd be able to live light and free, whatever their history, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, my, um, I just want to thank the band too. So much energy. Thanks, uh, the girls who led us, the women who led us, and Katie. Um, so much energy. Helps me worship, that's for sure. And uh, so the, 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 I was sitting with my granddad shortly before he died. I went to have communion with him. And I thank God for my grandparents. They, you know, they raised a family of faith. And they were, they were fired up believers. My granddad was a like fired up, one of those really committed followers of Jesus. If you are one or if you've encountered one, he was one. And, but you know, something happened to my granddad uh, he, where he was in the right and someone did the wrong thing. And you could understand why my granddad would have been upset. You just would have been. Like, um, imagine if you've got children, you know, the hardest thing is when someone does something to your children. Well, so something happened, something pretty significant. And it got into my granddad's heart, even though he'd done the right thing, he ended up spending the rest of his life the wrong way. And he, he became offended. As he got older, he became better. I remember Bron and I were um, dating or engaged. I don't remember which. I thought, I'm going to take the Bron to meet my grandparents. And, and uh, you know, I, I took her there. And I remember after the first time I took Bron to meet my grandparents, and specifically my granddad, I thought, I'm never doing that again. I will never expose my wife to that kind of toxic faith. And so I didn't. Now, I visited them because they're my grandparents and I want to honour my granddad. And so shortly before his death, I'm at the um, hospital where he was and we have communion together. And it was a special moment. And, and, and we had a great time. We talked about Jesus. We talked about eternity. But I remember even then, at the brink of leaving this life for the next, even then, there was a hint of offence in his heart. Even then, 
the age of 90, life having gone and been lived, he was still holding on to this thing. Uh, or not, he didn't raise it, but the effects of it were evident even to the end. And, and, and it, was a, it was a learning moment for me that I never wanted to live or hold on to a fence, that I wanted to always be an unoffendable person so that I could live lightly and freely and honour God in the way I live my life. And, and his tragedy became my great help. But, but Proverbs chapter six, uh, 18, verse 19 says this, A brother offended is harder to win over than a fortified city. A brother, a sister, a person offended, uh, but it specifically says a brother. A brother offended is harder to win over or to win back than a fortified city. And, you know, in the time that that was written, a fortified city was your protection. It was how you kept, were kept safe. If you've ever watched Lord of the Rings, you know, when they're behind the fortified walls of the city, that's their, that's their protection. It's harder to win a person back when they've been offended than it is to take a well defended city. Uh, someone close to me was in Silverwater Prison a few years back. And I remember going in and the, the security starts, it's like it starts before you even get to the car park. And the security checks to get into Silverwater Prison are, are, are insane. And, and I remember after I left, I thought, how would you escape? And I thought, I don't know that there is a way of escape. If we were to modernise the ancient proverb, it might say a brother or a sister offended is harder to win than escaping from Silverwater prison. That's the power of offence in a person's life. And, and it's true for you, it's true for me. And so how to live unoffendable? How do we do that? Because the Bible speaks to it. How do we live unoffendable? And especially in a culture that offended seems to almost be a thing now. I've never seen a time like the time in which we live where it's almost a thing to be offended. If you haven't got something that you're actually offended about, you might be out of sync with how the culture works. So my hope today is that before you leave here, you will find something to live offended at. You'll just be offended, maybe with me, maybe with this talk, maybe with the preach, maybe with the way I pray, maybe with the song we sung, maybe with a light configuration. I don't know, but something that you and I would leave here deeply offended today so that we can be trapped for the rest of our lives. What a crazy idea. And yet people do it all the time. People live days. And here's the thing about offence is that unlike time, which can heal some wounds, time will not undo offence. It won't. In fact, the Bible says the opposite. Offence not dealt with will actually grow into some level of bitterness that not only infects us, but has a ripple effect for others. And I think the great, you know, if I can, I don't want to say too much about my granddad, but the great tragedy of my granddad's life is not even I'm sure he got to heaven, but the effect he had on his nine children was immense because of the offence that he allowed to live and to justify in his heart. And so how do we live unoffendable in a culture that's offended by almost everything? And, and what got me started on this was Christmas. Christmas is coming. And, and so the Bible helps us navigate. We all have, all of us. I, I remember when people would say, you know, tricky Christmas dynamics with family and friends. And I used to think, really? Do people have that? Because I felt like my family and friends were like the easiest people in the world 
but life goes on long enough that you start to get some dynamics going on. Some of you got there early. I didn't know that that was real for everybody. I just thought everything worked well. When I was a kid going to Christmas Day with my mum's eight siblings, their spouses, all of the grandchildren, I was clearly and completely oblivious that there was any issue in the family. I thought we all looked forward to it as much as I did on Christmas Day. And all we wanted to do was get out the back, play cricket in the heat, and then come in and eat Christmas lunch. I didn't know that there were other dynamics at play. Christmas is coming. And for some of you, it's going to be, you know, there are dynamics, relational dynamics to navigate and so today I want to help you with that and and not only that the year's wrapping up and and what I would love for us to do is to be the kind of people that would get to the end of the year because you know who knows that a lot happens in the course of a year with our conscience clear and our slate clean like in terms of our heart wouldn't that be a great place to be at the end of this year just conscience clear slate clean step into 2022 um, and move forward and so to live offended is to live upset or hurt, especially by what someone says or does. And today in this culture, it's even more complicated because you've got the addition of what they don't say and don't do and what they half say and half do and what they never intended to say but was heard a certain way and we could just go on forever. And there's so much risk. And and then there's just that we're human, aren't we? And so you and I... We're creating reason for offence and we are, we are at risk of offence every day that we breathe breath. And, and even if we just left you and me together on the planet after an apocalyptic event, if it was just the two of us, we would cause or give cause for and have reason to live offended, just any two of us. You and me. So offence is always coming our way and... Oftentimes, uh, the risk of offence is coming from us. But here's the thing. Nobody ever wins. Everybody loses when people live offended. And so living unoffendable helps us to live light and free. It's just, if you've ever lived um, unoffended, you know how good it is and how light and free we get to live when we choose to live unoffended. And, And so every single one of us gets to choose that life. Every single one of us has that opportunity in life. And, you know, just this morning before I came into this service, a young guy, only in his teens. Now, we've had a few bumpy encounters over the years, uh, not me and him personally, but things that have happened to him, things he's done to others, and just things that have gone on. And he walked up to me just before church and said, hey, Daz, I want you to know, like, I just want to say um, I'm grateful, I'm sorry. You know, I, I got on my knees and repented before God. And, he, he taught, and you know what, he's made some mistakes and, and I said, mate, you, you're always going to do well when you keep a soft heart, when you live light and free as it relates to being offended. You, you're always going to do well. I thought, what a contrast. Here was my granddad who could quote to you most of Scripture in the King James Version, and he went to the grave offended. And here's this young guy who's made plenty of errors already, and he's like, you know what? I'm not living there. I'm just going to keep coming back to God. I'm going to live not giving offence, and if I do, I'm going to ask for... Um, forgiveness and I'm going to extend forgiveness. I'm going to get on with my life. And I thought, well, you, you'll do well. You'll be right in life. Um, and so there is offense. And then there is cultural permission that we have in the age in which we live. There's just cultural permission. If you're on social media, uh, you will know there's cultural permission to take offense. Uh, it's, 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 and it's a con, actually. It's a deception. It's, 
It's a tragedy. It doesn't help anybody. I've never seen a fountain help anybody one time, not ever. Not ever have I seen offence help. And, and, and the thing about offence today is because it's culturally, um, there's permission for it, um, you, you can linger in it. And, and what happens is you, you can take offence at someone and then, you know, DM your friends or just post to your friends and someone will join your offence. Someone will come alongside you and go, oh, I'm offended with you. I'm offended for you. And let me say about the person who comes alongside you and says, I'm offended with you and I'm offended for you. They're not a friend of your future. They might sound like it, but they're not. A friend of your future will not let any of us settle in offence because offence never works. Not one time, not ever does it work. So the person who allows us to settle in our offence is a person who sounds like they're a friend to our future, but in fact, either they're just unwise or they have a different agenda. And so let's not be friends to people's offence. Let's not endorse it. Let's not encourage it. Let's not champion it. Let's not allow people to settle in it. Let's be friends to their future and help them out of it because the risk for offence is coming my way and yours sometime soon. A true friend does better than entrench the wound. A true friend helps set us free. So where am I at? Where are you vulnerable to taking offence? Where is that for you? Um, you know, there, there are the big things, the obvious things, betrayal, abandonment, abused, accused. There are the big ones um, and they're very real and I get that. And, but still, even when they're very real and very true and wearing the right and being wronged, even then offence is the enemy of our best future and what God wants for us. But then there are the smaller ones and I, I want us to think about these because they can be kind of embarrassing and you don't always want to acknowledge them. I remember being maybe my late 20s, maybe my early 30s. And I was at this lunch. And uh, at that stage of my life, I thought there was a group of like three peers of which I was one. And I thought, we are tight and we are like this. The three musketeers of ministry, you know, coming through together. And, and we were tight. And then I was sitting at a lunch one day and one of the three, well, what I thought was a three, one of their wives made a statement and I realised this, it was two. And I was the third. I remember where I was. I remember when I left. I remember the pain I felt in my heart because I just didn't realise, I just didn't know that there was two and then me. And, and it hurt. And I stand here now and think, it sounds like a scene out of Days of Our Lives or Beverly Hills 90210 or whatever the modern day version, George, is of that. It sounds like a complete drama. But the reality was, if I'm honest, it hurt me. And I remember having to deal with that. And, and I remember actually retreating from those friends a bit. And I remember my walls going up a bit. And I remember my heart getting a bit harder. And I remember just being not quite as for them as I used to be in the few months that came in front of us. And, and I saw it and I eventually realised, I thought, I've got to deal with this. If I don't deal with this, this is going to be problematic for me. And so you deal with it. And, you know, it might be that you didn't get in on the Instagram post that comes live and you realise that you were the person not invited and you thought the group of 10 was actually 11 and actually you missed out, you were number 11 and the group was only 10 or whatever it is. But you know what I'm talking about. Someone forgot to send you a birthday present. If you're thinking about my birthday presents, text me and I'll send you what you could get me. But, but you know what I'm saying, right? We all deal with it. We all have it. 
unoffendable. Here's how easy and disempowering offence is. Mark chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. Think about the people who had proximity to Jesus and, and listen to this. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach the in the synagogue and many who heard him, they were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son, the brother of Jesus, Joseph, Judas and Simon? Aren't these his sisters with us? And they took offence at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honour except in his own town among his relatives and in his own home. So here's Jesus and they're like, can you believe what's going on here? This guy is, he's just preaching the house down. He's like the difference between him and everybody else was like the difference between, well, I'll leave that up to you around here. But you know, there's a team of preachers and then there's one preacher that stands out just a little bit more than the others, you know what I'm talking about, but that's just between us. And, and so Jesus is there. These guys have been hearing rabbis for generations and they're like, we've never heard anyone like this and he's doing miracles. And the response you would think would be is, oh my gosh, how did we get him? But instead their response is, uh, isn't he a tradie? Um, isn't he Mary's boy? Nah, not around here and not him. And what's interesting is, and this is really interesting for me, is that his proximity to them created the room for offence for them. Isn't that true? Have you ever noticed how people far from you are awesome? Like, I like, I really, really like Matthew McConaughey. I'm like, he's a cool character. I want to hang out with him. I read his bio and I liked him even more. He kind of loves Jesus, but it's all screwed up. And he's, a, he's philosophical and he's courageously conservative and yet liberal. And I'm like, yeah, he's cool. But um, it's easy to like Matthew McConaughey when you just read his book. Or maybe not. You might be offended by his book. I don't know. But, 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 but when you get proximity... And, and the great example is they got proximity to Jesus. And even with Jesus, they found a way to take offence because they knew him up close and personal. Wow, isn't that true? The closer we get, because we're so human. That, but, and, and so as we look at this today, you know, the tragedy for me here is that it changed the way they could see. It changed the way they could see Jesus. It changed the, 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 what went on in the midst of them. It just changed everything. It changed how they would receive. It changed how they would hear. It changed what happened next for them because they took, took offence. And so now listen to this. Acts 24 verses 15 and 16. I have hope in God, which they themselves also accept, that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. I like this next line for Paul. It's, the context is different, but the principle is powerful. This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offence towards God and men or towards God and people. He says, hey, I'm going to live in a way that my conscience is without offence before God and people. Now, he's talking about something specific, but the principle is powerful. Just to right at the start, go, how do I live unoffendable? Uh, number one is just have zero tolerance policy, a zero 
tolerance policy as it relates to offence. Like, it's just not going to have its place in me. I'm not going to let it stay, even if I struggle, even if it hurts, even if it cuts deep. I'm just not going to live there. This is going to hurt me. But unoffendable lives light and free. We want to live light and free. So we're just going to strive to live that way. It's our best option. Zero tolerance. Proverbs 79 says, Overlook an offence and bond a friendship. Fasten on to slight and goodbye friend. Let it, just let it go before it changes us. Just let it go before it changes. Proverbs 19.11, a person's wisdom yields patience. It's to one's glory, it's to their advantage to overlook an offence. It's to your advantage and my advantage to overlook an offence and to keep overlooking offences. There's so many things that we can be offended by. And when we have proximity, it's even more. I don't know what my nephew Luke has cause to be offended by me with? Probably not much. No, but there'd be something, right? There'd be something. I don't know what it is. And he just has to choose where he's going to live with it or get over it. And, and it's, not the, it's not an excuse for me to live poorly, not at all, but for him. And, and, and so zero tolerance. There's zero tolerance um, and it just lets things go. It makes a proactive decision to let it go. And, and zero tolerance remembers me it remembers who I am. Um, I, was, I was struggling with something to get over it a few years ago and I was out running late at night and uh, I went past Peel High School and, and I stopped to a walk and then I stopped to standing still and I was just, my heart was just hurting and, and I remember looking down and I, I had this thought pop into my head, Darren, pick down and pick up the rock there. And so I, I did, I, I, I leant down, I picked up the rock, this weird moment in the middle of the night outside Peel High School, thought in my head. And then the next thought came to me, Darren, can you throw it? And I remember the passage of scripture from Mark chapter eight, I think it is, or seven, where they bring the woman who's been caught in adultery before a crowd and the custom of the day was to stone the adulterous person to death back in the day. And Jesus, when they accuse her, Jesus turns to them and says, hey, if you're innocent of sin, you go for it. You, you throw first. And I, in that moment, I remembered that. I remember I dropped the rock because, of course, I just needed to remember me. Just needed to remember me left to myself without the grace of God and the power of His Spirit, how naturally corrupted I am and my tendency towards sin and what it is. And, and I just remember I just had to drop the rock. And in your life and mine, where we would hold on to offense of all kinds, um, if we think about it, can I throw the first stone? Got to drop the rock. And it's actually a liberating moment. Someone says the wrong thing about you, that we drop the rock because we know we've done the same thing ourselves. Someone doesn't consider you, that we drop the rock because we know we've missed moments ourselves. Even things that we would never do to anybody. We've done other things to other people and that we would just drop the rock and let it go, how to live unoffendable. And then the final thought today is how to live unoffendable. Soft heart, thick skinned, can't lose. You know, Jesus at, at his, in His final moments, in His great hour of need, His closest friends, think about it, they deserted Him. Judas betrayed Him. Peter denied Him. The rest fled for their lives. Only John followed and that was from a distance. He had cared for them for over three years. He'd fed them. He'd taught them. He'd poured His life into them. He would in a moment die for their sins and the sins of the world. 
And all the while he's forgiving them and continues to forgive them. He released them all from the deserting friends to the Roman guards who crucified him. He forgave them all. Offense didn't stand a chance. It just didn't stand a chance. What a great thing to be able to say in your life or mine. Offense was no chance. Chrissy's offense with me, no chance. Soft heart, thick skinned, can't lose. Isn't it funny? Have you ever met somebody, not in this room, of course, who's the opposite of that? Hard heart, thin skinned, you can't win. You'll never win being hard. Hard heart is like the biggest enemy to the future of you, the future of me, the Christian life. In fact, the Bible says, I wonder if they meant it when they said it. I want you to think about this. Did they mean that? Does the Bible really mean what it says? If you don't forgive your brother, nor will I forgive you. It's a big question, hey? But really, God's intent is not even to guilt us down with that. That's to rock us to our senses. What He really wants is to live, is to live unoffended and free, to live liberated, to give offence no chance in our life. Heart, hard heart, thin skinned, can't, lose, can't win. But the opposite. I'll close with this scripture, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. Always be humble and gentle, soft heart. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. Soft heart, thick skinned. Just make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Soft heart, thick skin, can't lose in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you stand with me? I love Christmas. I love December. It's my favourite month of the year. Haven't got through a Christmas movie yet. Falling asleep every time. I'm not sure if that's a sign of my age or a sign of how bad the new ones are this year. But the reality is Christmas is beautiful and challenging and everything. And wouldn't it be, especially if you're a believer, wouldn't it be powerful that if your life just spoke by its unoffendable nature in the midst of everybody else being in turmoil at various tensions and all that going on. So let's be people. Let me, why don't you bow your head? Why don't you let me pray? Because I recognise that some of you have massive things that have happened to you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for everybody here today. Lord, every single one of us have a reason we can justify for living with offence. And my prayer today is you would help us to let it go, no matter how deep it runs, no matter how painful the hurt. Lord, you want us to live lightly and freely. You want us to live overcoming offence and free of it. So help us today, God, I pray. Lord, help every single person. In some cases, it'll take a miracle along with the decision. And so we pray, Lord, as people turn and say yes to living unoffended, that you would turn up miraculously in their lives, freeing their heart, liberating their mind and helping them to find the way forward. And Lord, for all those little things, we're, we're so human, God. Lord, we just say sorry, first of all. Sorry, Lord. Sorry, we, we, we just get it wrong. We remember, Lord, that we're created from the dust. Remember, Lord, how frail we are. 
And Lord, strengthen us by Your Spirit. Strengthen us by Your Word. Lord, to live powerfully. Lord, overcoming offence. And everybody in this room might live lightly, Lord, might live freely. The unoffendable on the earth, Lord, in the way they live and in the, the light that their life gives as we continue forward. I pray every single person here would come to the end of the year, Lord, slate clean, heading into next year in a place free of offence and undefendable moving forward in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au. And thanks again for listening.